Hello, welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I'm your host, Dr. M. And as always, it is another lovely day. This week, we are going to discuss outdoor machines in the yard, work, prevention, and everything related to it. This is issue number 28 in volume 13. All right, let's get into some of the information this week. So when we think about yard work, which I think is a great work type for children as they get older in the teenage years to learn diligence of activity, to learn consistency, to learn physical labor, to learn preparation, to learn safety. I mean, there's so many levels of how outdoor yard work can help a child grow that for me, both of my kids did this. So let's talk about yard work and then yard work safety. Yard work season, you know, usually begins somewhere in the spring. And for me, it's a lot of happy time spent outdoors. I remember as a child myself, earning a lot of money mowing lawns. I started somewhere at age 12 with a push mower. Back then we didn't do any weed whacking or blowing, but we did have push mowers and we'd push mow a lot of lawns. The work was fun and for me, the money was happily accepted. My father was my mower safety coach. You know, he taught me how to take care of myself when it came to using yard machines. But despite his good teaching, I still burned myself on the engine by not paying attention to where I was touching. You know, it happens. Nothing bad happened out of that, but I did burn myself. I did spill gasoline on myself once. And, you know, I ran over projectiles in the grass carelessly. Luckily, didn't get injured by that. But those were things that happen when you're a kid. So this is stuff to think about when educating our children if they're going to do, go down the road of any kind of a work environment that involves safety. Both of my kids, my daughter and my son, have been my yard specialists. My son ran a successful lawn mowing business before he went off to college that taught him so many things over the years. He needed the job to stay focused on work and growth mindset. Yard work provides many of the important life skills for success, including attention to detail, resilience, and physical activity in nature. Yard work is taxing, especially in the heat of the summer. And that's a good thing when you're young and growing, your skills as an emerging adult. It is rewarding and self-esteem building. My daughter followed suit, and she has been the yard specialist now for a year plus, and learning the same life lessons that my son did. To me, the only downside is that it costs me a little bit of money, and I actually love to do the work myself, but that's a minimal downside, I would say. When you look at the upside of the children learning great things, especially when they go out and run their own business mowing other people's lawns. The other clients that they have are perfect as they hold a non-familial business standard that goes a long way in teaching life skills of human interaction and the attention to detail of a business holder. I know early on my son learned very quickly how detail-oriented you need to be to provide a really good service. I encourage parents to nudge their children to become a business developer themselves as a teenager. These are massive life lessons. Yard work, though, is generally done with machines, and, in, and therein lies the inherent risk to injury. Machines are great when used properly, injurious often, and rarely deadly when not used correctly. My left index finger shows the scars of poor machine use. It is for those reasons that lawnmower and yard safety are necessary discussion points to prevent major injury that could affect a child's long-term health and vitality. 
Statistically in the United States, tens of thousands of injuries occur annually from lawnmowers and proportionally more from other yard tools like pressure washers and weed whackers. That is a lot of preventable injury. North Carolina sees hundreds of thousands of ER visits yearly due to yard-related injuries, many of which are from mowers. Amputations and fractures accounted for a smaller percentage of the total injuries noted. While these are the most devastating injuries, others like burn and soft tissue damage are more common. There are clearly a few simple interventions that can dramatically reduce one's risk. While, and if your child is in the process of beginning a yard business or just doing family chores, here are some of my teaching lessons. Number one, keep all mower deck exit guards in place. The objects that leave the mower traveling at speeds that could inflict serious damage. The deflector guards are used for a reason. I encourage you to keep them on. Mower blades spin at over a thousand revolutions per minute, causing a lot of projectiles to fly out at rapid speeds. The same could be said for weed whackers. I see many, many professional weed whacker out there without the guards. Works for them, but what lesson are they sending to younger kids? Number two, use good quality eye protection especially with weed whackers, blowers, and where devices can be spit out. And this is, to me, non-negotiable. Have to have glasses on all the time. And they should be close-fitting. They shouldn't be off your head very far. That way a projectile could sneak in behind your eyes and hit your eyes. Three, wear closed-toed shoes, preferably boots with thick soles, good traction, and a leather outer layer. I can personally tell you that leather boots have saved me a few times from injuring my feet during weed whacking work. Four, Mow across the slope with a walk behind mower and up and down with a rider mower. Try not to go in reverse when the blades are engaged in spinning. You will never know what is behind you that you cannot see. Five, wear long pants and sleeves to protect against inadvertent flying objects. Six, wear noise-canceling headphones to protect your ears. Lawn mowers can hit 100 decibels, which can seriously damage your ears. Seven, wear sunscreen with SPF of 30 or more if you have sun-exposed skin for longer than 20 minutes. 8. Drink lots of water on hot days. Dehydration is a real concern. Working outdoors in the Carolina heat. 9. Practice safe refueling technique and do not inhale the gasoline fumes. Not good for you. Use a funnel to fill the gas tank when the mower is often cool. It is exceedingly rare, but a hot engine could ignite a gasoline drop that misses the mark. 10. Steer clear of hot mufflers as they will burn. I can attest to that. So for me, it's pretty straightforward. Mow, earn money, and give a, teenager, give a teenager a job. I think it's just a great thing. All right, section two, do we need a COVID commission? So there was an op-ed in Newsweek a few months ago that raised some excellent questions that need to be answered for governmental trust to return. Here are some of them. One, vaccine mandates. Why were mandates pursued without carve-outs for those with immunity due to prior infection? Why were so many people fired, destroying careers and reducing healthcare capacity? Big, big problems. These are big deals. They reduce the quality and volume of providers and staff straining already stressed groups in hospitals and private clinics. Anyone with a medical medical degree knew that prior natural infection was and always will be the best route to quality immunity moving forward if you were infected naturally before a vaccine was available to you. If you had been infected, vaccination made little sense as it has for the past 80 years. This is probably the most egregious failure of the CDC and other healthcare bodies. This was a major blow to population's trust in the leaders of medicine. In any medical society, there's a post-mortem analysis after a bad outcome. COVID in the United States can be looked at in only one way. 
a complete failure by government and allied unions to be transparent, science-centric, and thoughtful with the decision-making that affected our lives. My answer remains, in the absence of structural change at the governmental level, to empower each and every one of you to eat well, sleep well, avoid chemicals, exercise, and do all the basics that keep you immune-solvent and free of disease. In this way, you will not have to worry about and or suffer from poor leadership when it comes to your health. This is a big deal. We don't know what the next situation is going to be from a pandemic perspective. But the postmortem on the COVID response was not good on many levels. So again, as always, it behooves us each individually to do the best we can for ourselves, to have the best outcome for ourselves, regardless of anyone else's decision making. I think about this when driving a car. Lots of people are on their phones. So what can you do? Be defensive, not be on your phone. Pay attention to what's around you and really try and prevent a bad outcome no matter what. Section three, recipe of the week, arugula, avocado, and pesto salad. This is a divine dish loaded with great fats, antioxidants, vitamins B, C, K, and potassium. Deliciousness does not have to be complicated nor time consuming. All right, folks, that's a quickie this week. Super fast, just straight and to the point. If you want a good song this week, go for Five for Fighting. The song's name is The Riddle. It's a good one. Free thoughts. There is an upstream reason to most health issues. Usually it is a chronic lifestyle-based choice that underpins a physiological issue that over time degrades health. I think that this is the same with autism spectrum disorders from the parent perspective antenatally. This week's podcast is a summary of this belief from a point pathophysiologically from the viewpoint therein. So you can go to that one. That's Dr. Rem's Women and Children First podcast, The Growing Brain and Upstream Etiologies of Neurodevelopmental Disorders, Autism. Sort of follows along the Grow Baby Project. That was number 49. All right, everyone. As always, hug those kids. The information provided in this audiocast newsletter is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue. It does not constitute the formation of a provider-patient relationship. Have a great day.